Got your weekend plans worked out. You know, usually my weekend plans, and I talk about it quite a bit, involve going to Port Elgin. So I am familiar at least uh, with our next guest a little bit. We've never met, but I do know about the purple bows that have been all around Port Elgin for the last five summers to support Live a Little Foundation. This is in support of Olivia Little, who lives in Port Elgin. She's nine, and she has a rare disease. Her parents have made the news right now, and uh, courtesy of, I believe it was in the uh, Globe and Mail, uh, Aaron Little joins the show right now to talk about a dilemma that they are facing with regard to Olivia and um, a specialized eye drop that is going up astronomically in price. Aaron, it's good to have you on the program. Hi, Kelly. Thanks for having me. And thanks for talking about the bows. I'm glad you see them when you come. See them all the time. And, you know, that town shows so much support for, for Olivia. I know that they you've uh, raised a lot of money to help support her. But it just seems like, um, wow, what a kick in the teeth that Health Canada has served up to you because they have given a pharmaceutical company the um, application to sell an official version of a drug that allows Olivia to really do something as simple as being able to uh, see. Mm-hmm. So let's start with um, what Olivia, what, because um, I know she has, now I don't want to mispronounce it, but what she has a very rare illness. Can you uh, describe the illness and, and tell yeah. us a little bit about it? Yeah, so her rare disease that she has is called cystinosis, and it's a genetic disease, and there are uh, roughly 100 Canadians uh, that live with it and 2,000 people worldwide. So the amino acid cysteine can't release in her body, and what happens is those cells that die off, they crystallize and they attack the body. And for some reason, they attack the kidneys and the eyes first. So Olivia also has stage 3 chronic kidney disease and something called Fanconi syndrome because of it. And to treat her body, she takes an oral form of cysteamine called cystagon, and she has to take that drug every six hours to... um, just provide her body relief. It doesn't stop it, it just helps it. And then uh, for the corneas, so the oral cystamine doesn't reach the corneas. So she has to have the eye drops uh, that she has been taking for over eight years. She started eye drops uh, immediately when she was diagnosed at 18 months old. So it's been eight years of diligence and and uh, if anybody's ever had to take a prescription uh, for seven days, you know how hard compliance is just taking something one to three times a day. Now imagine doing this hourly for your child every waking hour. Um, so the disease is demanding. Um, but overall, you know, we're grateful. She's a really happy kid. Uh, she doesn't know she's sick. Uh, and she's as normal, uh, whatever you think normal is, uh, for a nine-year-old. What do you mean she doesn't know she's sick? Uh, she doesn't know. She just isn't... Uh, because this she, has been always been her normal? It's it's always been her thing, and we just as parents have decided that we didn't want to condition her brain to think that she was ill and, and to live that kind of life. So uh, she's aware that she has different things that us in the family don't have to do, but we just simply have conversations about how we're all different. Uh, and again, one day she's going to realize it, but we are hoping that she's just... Um, doesn't let her her disease and condition define her. So. Now, now, Aaron, uh, the Globe and Mail pointed out that you guys are facing a massive cost. The sticker price for the eye drops that you give her on an hourly basis is now over a hundred thousand dollars. This is because Health Canada approved 
an Italian pharmaceutical company application to sell an official version of a drug that was actually being made for you at a hospital pharmacy. Tell us a little bit about that. Correct. So uh, Sistadrops are the new drops. And I will say, uh, so the Sistadrops, and then we have a compounded that we've had for the past eight years. And the difference between the drug, the only difference between the drugs are the delivery mechanism. So the gel that we always, or sorry, excuse me, the drop that we always have um, is just a basic drop. Uh, but the new drops, they're more viscous, so they are thicker and they stay in the eye longer, which reduces the amount of time that we have to take them. So uh, Olivia's prescribed to take drops, her drops right now, six times a day. Um, because we've been able to maintain what we, over the years. Mm -hmm. Um, So she takes those drops six times a day. The new drops would take us down to four times a day, and they have to be spaced every four hours. Um, So there is a slight difference just in the delivery mechanism. But the the drug itself, cysteamine, is both in both of the drugs. Um, When it was being put together for you in a lab, how much were the drops costing? And give us an idea of of how much that uh, price increase will be for you. Yeah, so the drops currently that Olivia are on are $24.37 per week versus the new drops at $1,986 per week. Wow. And and to make it even a little bit more fun, mm-hmm. like just from a perspective, so Olivia's drops right now per drop is $0.29 cents per drop, and the new drops are $35.46 per drop. That goes into her eyes. So you're on the show today, not not to, uh, you know, gain, uh, you know, support from people, although it is nice. I know you get a lot of support in your hometown of Port Elgin financially, but this is this is a huge strain. $100,000 extra is a big deal. And this isn't the first time it's happened with y- you in a drug here. This is the second time in less than two years that a pharmaceutical company has taken an old, inexpensive drug for their illness and tweaked the formula. And now they launch a new version in Canada and the price is through the roof. So you actually really want the government to do something about this. I do. So from our perspective, and just to note, when we fundraise, we fundraise to fund research. Like, we don't keep that money, right? So that is to fund research. So she has hopefully a cure one day um, as an option. And, of course, to fund research for better treatments for our kids. Um, And, you know, here we are, I mean, although we didn't fund any of that research, like kind of get kicked in the face when you do that. But yeah, because when you're talking about a drug or a a disease that's so incredibly rare that one in 12 Canadians suffer from it, it's hard to get, you know, um, people to fund the research. I get that. So you're, you know, the town is supporting uh, Olivia and saying, well, you know what, we'll help. Absolutely, and we're so we again we live in a great place for that. Mm-hmm. So, from from my perspective, from how I feel about it, and because this is the second time we've been put through this, and I only I also like the drug that Olivia is on currently, the Cystagon, the oral cysteamine, is another drug that's going to be coming through through Health Canada soon as well. Um, right now, it's currently on SAP, so we have to watch for that to come through. And then I then will we have another gap again? Again, we thought this was fixed when we went through it with Prosispi, and the thing is is like the process is killing patients. The fact that Health Canada approves a drug and then they take away anything that's being compounded or through a special access program, they stop that, yet there's a, there's a gap there because the Cadeth report gives feedback to the pharmaceutical companies when it comes to the drug. And in this case, the Cadeth report came back saying that it needed to have an 80 to 87% decrease in price 
So now the government says one thing that says, no, we're not covering that drug. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the pharmaceutical companies aren't budging. So you put our family and other families in the middle, and here's it. I want the drug for my child. I want that drug for every child with cystinosis because we all deserve that treatment for our children. And the, the thing is, is I get wedged, and usually it, everybody hears, us, hears our voice, and the government says, we better pick up this bill. And I am grateful for that. I really, really am. But the bottom line is, if we want to stop this from happening, we need to start questioning why these drugs are so expensive. Olivia's not the first one to be in this situation, and she's not going to be the last until the process change and the patient comes first. When you, come, when you go approach Health Canada... Like, what is the response? Do you talk to a human there? No. (laughs) How frustrating is that? It it, it is really frustrating. And what people forget, like, Health Canada is a business, too. Mm. And so I think sometimes we really forget that, that it's a business. And so they are doing their part, um, but their part needs to align with all the other parts because what are you doing it for? You, you say everybody says it's for the patient, but we're hurt first and foremost. So, you know, out of this, I, I would really, I want them to take deeper looks into why drugs are so expensive and what we can do uh, to improve the process so our, our patients can get the drugs that they need, but yet we're not bankrupting a country. It's funny because I sat in a room and listened to Olivia, like, um, referred to her sticker tag. If, if Olivia lives to the average age of 27, which is the life expectancy of a, a human with cystinosis is 27, if she lives that long, her, her treatments will cost X over years, okay? I've, I've heard that sticker price. Mm. And it hurts. And I understand where they're coming from because there are drugs that are way more expensive than this that... Uh, People fight for coverage. And the thing is, is we look at the patient as bankrupting the system, but it's not the patient, it's pharma. And we have to question why these drugs cost so much. And if they can justify it and show us why, then, then, then we should pay for it. But they can't because they know they've got, and, and this is the horrible part of this and how it, it becomes so nefarious, is they know they have a niche of people that yep. it's a life and death uh, concerned them accessing this drug. So, of course, they've got their niche audience. And yep. so they can charge whatever they want, which is seems criminal and just appalling. Mm-hmm. And, and, ver- and very much so. And, it, and it's kind of funny because we listen to these, pharma- these pharmaceutical companies and you have conversations with them. And over the years, we've met some, like I've met some, some men on top in pharma business that have cried, we care so much about your kids and this and that. But when it comes down to it, they pigeonhole us. They're smarter than us. They're always five steps ahead. And they pigeonhole us because they know we're desperate. So they just sit back and, you know what, I'm a marketing tool for them. And I'm tired of it. Like, it's not fair that I have to be on this phone call with you instead of being at the beach with my kids. Mm -hmm. And that is the problem is that they know what they're doing. They know that they don't have, and they don't offer it compassionately. If they care so much about us, how come they won't get it until it's, give it to us until it's covered? They do, other diseases do it, but they won't do it with us. And then 
then we're left here without a drug, and they've just created a population of 100 people going to the government, publicly talking, and then they turn around and cover it. Are you left without drugs? How much drugs do you have left? Um, we have two weeks left. And then what? And then not, nothing. We can't afford a $1,900. What do you do then? What, 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 you, what's your plan? <laughs> the plan is she's going to go without treatment. Oh, Aaron. Yeah. That's that's really hard to hear. Yeah. Especially because I've been so diligent for eight years. And you know, the thing is, is if, if it was reversed, if I was a mother not giving her her drugs. It would be criminal. Not about it, it would be criminal and I would be punished. And this is, this is where it's not fair for me and for anybody else. So you're two weeks out from the medicine running out. You can't afford the $100,000 a year for uh, to buy the the actual uh, medicine that the pharmaceutical company is now selling their official version. What happens? Where do you turn to next? I mean, you're running out of time. You're running, literally running out of drugs beyond talking to the media and people like me. What are you hoping for? You know, what's in the back of your mind here? Where do you go from here? You know, I, if I had a plan, um, Right now, it's just kind of unfolding. It's, it's you know, we, we've gotten, um, you know, our MP has been supportive of this. Like, he has listened to us. Um, there's only so much that they can do, too, um, is to keep talking about it. And, and you know what else we can do is keep talking about it, and hopefully the right person cares. And hopefully they hear that the process needs to change. And unfortunately, it's been... This is something we've been facing for, you know, months now. And in the middle of summer, unfortunately, it's like having a crisis at Christmas. Mm. It's just, there's just not enough people around. It's, you know, it is sad, but... Immediately, it's a it's an Olivia story, but if anybody's listening right now, this could be a story about anybody that's listening. If there's a niche drug that you need and a, a pharmaceutical company from overseas hears about it and, uh, you know... It, they want to buy the official application to sell an official version. It's very possible that we could find ourselves in Olivia's situation. And yep. this is something that should relate to everyone listening because we shouldn't be held hostage. It shouldn't be a life or death situation when you're talking about a, a drug that can save someone's life. And it, that's appalling, the jump in cost. Just once again, remind us how much the drops were per drop and how much they're going to be. Yep, so the, the drops that we currently have are $0.29 cents per drop, and the new drops are $35.46 per drop. Wow. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's quite the difference. And again, just tell us why. Tell us why it's worth it. You know, people, you know, my, it's really easy to put a price tag on my daughter. I hope you hear from Health Canada. Uh, we are going to put this out on our global news uh, website, I'm sure, Aaron, and uh, we'll start to rattle some cages and hopefully get some answers. Aaron, uh, it's very lovely to meet you under these circumstances. Unfortunately, not the best, but uh, we'll be thinking about you for sure. All right. Thank you so much. And thanks for mentioning the purple boats. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> By the way, that starts again in Port Elgin. It's it's happening right now. Uh, just if you're up in Port Elgin, you'll notice the purple bows and think about Olivia. Thanks so much. I appreciate your time, Aaron. All right. Thank you so much, Kelly. Cheers. That's Aaron Little. Wow. Where do you go from there? I mean, I wish I had a solution for her. It's just, a, it's it's a tragic story. And hopefully the right people are going to pay attention. Health Canada hasn't even got back to her. 
She's never talked to a person at Health Canada. That's appalling.